Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show, Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Great to be with you. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Uh, busy day today as we get ready for a full slate of Premier League matches over the weekend. The transfer deadline day is coming to a, a head. This is the last day of the transfer window, and we have some transfers that are out there and ruminating and brewing, and we're going to get to those. Uh, and let's take a look at the work that has been done so far in the transfer window. Let's take a look at uh, who went where and who left whom and how much they paid and who's strengthening and who's been a disappointment and probably the biggest uh, signing of the January window obviously belongs to Manchester United. We're going to talk about all of that on the show and loads more, of course. Plus, a full slate of matches, as I mentioned, and some really decent ones to look forward to uh, this weekend, including uh, three of the top four in some massive matches. Manchester City uh, are playing Tottenham Hotspur at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Leicester City are hosting Chelsea at the King Power. And, of course, Chelsea going to the King Power. Then Man United, they have Wolves. I mean, what a huge match that is. The top seven teams, with the exception of Liverpool, basically two through seven are in action with each other. That is a massive, massive weekend in the Premier League. So we're going to talk about all of that. And down at the bottom end of the table, never fear, lots of action there as well. Uh, Bournemouth, currently in the relegation zone, will be playing Aston Villa, who are only two points above it. Can Eddie Howe get another big three points and slowly pull his men out of the relegation zone? And if they do, uh, West Ham, who are playing Brighton, they could be in the relegation zone. And uh, David Moyes could find himself with a hell of a relegation fight. Those are some of the stories and loads more we're going to get to during the show. In the meantime, I'm going to take a very quick break and I'll be right back uh, with more. So don't go anywhere. Ah, you know, you probably too as well. How can you not like The Clash? Great band. Fabulous band. I love The Clash. Have for, well, since I was uh, a young man. Uh, Shame about Joe Strummer, but okay. All right, let's get back to it, shall we? We're talking football. We're talking transfer market, transfer window. Let's take a look at what's been happening so far. Uh, Song Young Ki released from Liverpool. uh, Pardon me, released from Newcastle. Uh, That happened uh, today. Uh, Some other... Uh, moves on loan. James Chester's gone from Villa to Stoke City on loan. Mark Duffy's gone from Sheffield United to Den Haag in the Eredivisie on loan. Um, Sheffield United have brought in Rikairo Zivkovic, excuse me, from uh, currently playing uh, in the China League One on loan. Arsenal have brought in uh, Suarez from Southampton on loan. Uh, let's have a look what else we've got here. Um, 
Josh Brownhill has moved from Bristol City in the championship on a permanent move to Burnley for 10 million euros. Uh, he is a central midfielder. That's happened today as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sander Berge has moved from Genk in the Belgian League to Sheffield United. So they're strengthening uh, the midfield with a defensive midfielder. Uh, Man United have sent Marcus Rojo uh, away finally, thank God, to Estudiantes. I couldn't stand that guy. And Spurs have sent uh, Carter Vickers, the young centre-back, uh, down on loan to Luton. Uh, and let's see what else we've got. Southampton bring in Carl Walter-Peters, but we talked about that. That was the 29th. Of course, the big, big signing, Bruno Fernandes, uh, coming from Sporting Lisbon to Man United for somewhere in the realm of £65 million, I believe, is what the number was, or £45 million. Uh, that's the number. That is the biggest signing. And you combine that with uh, Minamino and a couple of others, that's where we are right now in the transfer window. I wouldn't say that it's been a cataclysmic in the transfer window, but it has certainly been interesting. Uh, some other news. Lazio interested in signing uh, Olivier Giroud. That's uh, out there right now. Chelsea are going to try one last time to bring in Dries Martens uh, from Napoli. And if that doesn't work, they're going to try to bring in Cavani because apparently his Atletico Madrid uh, move has fallen apart. But I can't. I don't think Cavani's going to leave PSG. I, I just don't think so. Uh, Pogba, United have said now uh, that they brought in Bruno Fernandes. Pogba can be on his way. So he will get his wish and he will get to leave the club in the summer. And uh, we'll see where he goes. It, it's it's tough for Pogba, and we're gonna we can talk about this. I mean, it's it's been very difficult for him. Um, it, it's been very difficult for him because uh, you know he he was forcing and and working and trying to push through a move, and. It didn't come, and then he got injured, and he's been on the sidelines. And quite frankly, you have to think, if you're Paul Pogba at this point, you know, you're damaged goods, and your valuation is a fraction of what it was maybe six months from now. And that's a problem. And, of course, with the trouble he has with his brother as his agent, I mean, that's not getting any better. I don't know. When your brother's your agent or your uncle, whoever it is, is Pogba's agent, it's a relative. Uh, you know, it, it, it's always more difficult because clubs are less, uh, you know, if you, <laughs> agents can ruin a lot of stuff. And we've seen that time and time again. I mean, you saw it with the Carlos Tevez move, if you remember that. Uh, we had, uh, he had uh, uh, Jury Kabashian. Uh, Jurabashian, I forget the guy's name now, he's still a big agent. Uh, it's a problem. So it'd be interesting to see what Pogba goes for, who wants him. He's 26 years old. He's got one big transfer left in him. This is probably it. Uh be fascinating to see. Uh, this is a guy whose career went to Man United and died. And, of course, remember, he went back to Man United because he'd been there before. They let him go, and then they re-signed him for a record amount. Great business there, Man United. But, look, bringing in Bruno Fernandes, big move for them. Uh, shows that they have ambition, and I think that's really good. Uh, Matic has rejected offers to leave United, willing to sign a new contract there, um, and we will see what happens. 
United also looking for uh, Newcastle striker Salomon Rondon as uh, United look for a striker, certainly with Marcus Rashford's long-term injury. They're looking to try to fill that. Uh, they tried to bring Josh King in from Bournemouth, and that didn't work. Um, Obama Yang wants to leave Arsenal and go to Barcelona, and Arsenal have said no, and this is what happens when you're no longer a club at the pinnacle of world football. This is the problem. You can't keep your players. This is the problem Man United are having, and Man United supporters are having a great deal of difficulty in understanding that the club is no longer the shining beacon on the hill that all the other players want to go to. Barcelona certainly is not as exciting of a target as it was to go to, but still very, very exciting, particularly for players like uh, Aubameyang. And at 30, he gets a move to Barcelona. That's what he wants. Does he want to go to Barcelona and compete for things, or does he want to go to Arsenal and die in obscurity? It's a question for you. On the other hand, Danny Ceballos wants to stay at Arsenal and doesn't want to go back to Madrid. So take your choice, right? <laughs> uh, let's have a look. Um, Tottenham are going to try to get rid of Victor, Wan uh, Victor Wanyama. Apparently, they're trying to get him, move him on to Celtic. Uh, Thomas Muller saying he's ready to leave Bayern Munich in the summer. Uh, but he's 30, and I'm not sure who, where he's going to go. We'll have to see. Uh, let's have a look. Um, it's about it right now in terms of big signings. and uh, There isn't news. There is news breaking, though. The Daily Mail is reporting that... United fans are preparing to walk out of Saturday's Premier League match against Wolverhampton Wanderers, which is a huge match. I can't tell you how big of a match that is. Uh, as he protests against the Glazers and the club's owners. And, and I would just say this. Between United fans putting on balaclavas and getting flares and going down to Ed Woodward's house and trying to scare his family and yelling obscenities and threats to... Walking out of the stadium, you have a new signing, Bruno Fernandes, who has the potential to be a game-changer in your club. Guys, everyone looks at Liverpool, says, look what Virgil van Dijk did for Liverpool. Look what Mohamed Salah and Sadeo Mane and Roberto Firmino have done for Liverpool. Any one of these signings was a game-changer, but I don't think there's a bigger game-changing signing I could mention than, than when we... Well, we, listen to me, I'm a Liverpool fan, you know that. That when Liverpool brought in Virgil van Dijk from Southampton, because defensively Liverpool were leaking goals. We've always had guys up top that can score. I don't care whether it was Suarez or, um, uh, you know, or it's been Suarez or Michael Owen or uh, you, you name the list of Liverpool strikers, just go on and on and on. Uh, more recent times, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. That, Fernando Morientes, that's the guy I'm trying to think of more recently. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been... In the back, it's been defensively Liverpool have been a shocker. And uh, suddenly one player changes it. Bruno Fernandes in the midfield could be that player for United. So why do you want to why do you want to walk out of the stadium? Shouldn't you be there? Shouldn't you show this new player that you're, you as fans are united behind your club? This is the sort of self-destruction that clubs don't need to engage in because I think this is a terrible thing. You push the Woodwards, you push Woodward, you push the Glazers. They've come up with a big signing. They've been trying to sign other players. What more do you want them to do? I get the systemic issues. 
I get getting rid of Ed Woodward and putting in a football organization and getting rid of the debt and being a good owner, but that's not going to happen tomorrow. Look, i got to go to break. By the way, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. Great to be with you. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. That's Monday through Friday right here on Sports Byline and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back after these messages. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. A little note fun, maybe in the Stooges. This is not a music show. This is Mystery Soccer. I'm Nick Eber. By the way, we'll be changing our name back to World Soccer Radio here uh, sometime in the next uh, few weeks. So watch out for that. I'll put out all the uh, necessary changes. I'll let you know that. I'll tell you where to find them. Uh, the Facebook page will stay the same. The Twitter will stay the same. But my personal Twitter is the best one to go to. It's at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. By the way, I gave out some betting picks over the weekend, Leicester, Chelsea was one of them. I said, this is for the weekend's Premier League matches, which we're going to start diving into right now. Uh, Leicester, Chelsea, look, this is a massive match with uh, incredible import. Because if you assume that the top four, well, look, Liverpool going to win the league. So let's just put Liverpool out of the equation. There, There is only... Three points between Manchester City in second and Leicester City in third. Which means Leicester City are eight points ahead of fourth place Chelsea. We are 14 games left in the season. And Leicester City, as rock solid as they've been, up until, say, middle of December been a little shaky after that now you can look at their results okay uh, seven games they've uh, lost four and won three in eight games they've drawn one lost four won three but two of those games were against manchester city and liverpool so put those out of the equation so let's say then in the last five they're two two and one well pardon me they're three and two three wins and two losses but those two losses away at Burnley at Turf Moor, and at the King Power against Southampton. Now, we could admit that Burnley been on a bit of a roll lately. They beat Leicester, as we just mentioned, then they beat uh, Man United. It's possible, just possible, you know, Burnley have gone through their quote-unquote blip. And by blip, I literally mean blip, because, uh, you know, uh, late December, they were riding high, seventh in the table. And then the following nine games, uh, they lost six. Uh, they lost, pardon me, yeah, they lost seven and won two. So, I mean, they had a pretty big billet. But now they won two on the bounce. So it's very possible that, you know, if we look at that, that Leicester City, a tired Leicester City team, just found a, an invigorated Burnley side. And they're playing Chelsea, who have been as unpredictable of a team pretty much as you could find all season. I mean, there are some teams that you just don't know what you're going to get day in and day out. I would say those two teams, for me, are Manchester United, who, yeah, went through that run between, uh, let's say, between uh, kind of first week of November 
and first week of December went through that nice unbeaten month. But other than that, it's like they're either on a losing streak or they're win-loss, win-loss. You just United are all over the place. Well, we know that. We've talked about United to a blue in the face. But let's talk about Chelsea for a minute. Literally, I mean, Chelsea had that same sort of run from uh, end of September to early November where they went six games, uh, six game winning streak, six games in a row. Uh, the first 12 games, they lost only two. Remember that? And then all of a sudden, boom. Loss, loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, draw, win, loss, draw. I mean, <laughs> flip a coin, right? I mean, it's like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Take your pick. Which which way are they going? Uh, so, yeah, it's difficult. Look, they're a young side. And as I mentioned to you earlier, when they were on that incredible winning streak, that six-game winning streak, uh, this young team was – cohesing it was coming together they it was the world against chelsea there was the transfer ban they couldn't bring anybody in they had frank lampard at the helm they were they were they were kind of locked in with what they had and i think these young players gelled and cohesed as a team with the understanding that they didn't have to look over their shoulder anymore that there wasn't a big name player coming in in the transfer window and they didn't have to worry about it because they couldn't bring in any transfers and then all of a sudden the window closed, the, 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 the ban was overturned, and all of a sudden, uh, Chelsea players are having to look over their shoulder and worry about their starting position and whether they're going to even be on the team. And remember, these are, um, you know, these are young players. These are young players that have a lot to go with. So that is a fascinating situation what's what's been happening at um, at Stamford Bridge. And I'm just about to look here right now, and I'm going to tell you um, who's coming in. Uh, I don't think Chelsea actually have made any moves at the end of the day in the transfer window, but I'm just going to... I'm just going to... Um, I'm just going to check that out for sure so I can give you... Uh, give you that information. But I don't think Chelsea actually brought in anybody. Let's have a look. Transfers. Here we go. Transfers. Current, current season transfers. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll we'll check it out. But I'm pretty sure they did not bring any anyone in particular to the club. I don't think so. So, if you think about it, I'm just trying to search the current news. By the way, that's why that's that's where I'm gone here, guys. I'm not I'm not disappearing. I just want to make sure I give you uh, the latest uh, the latest information here. No, no one else has come in uh, during the January window for Chelsea. So those young players can feel good again because they know they have at least till the end of the year, which is which is good. But on the other hand, they're at the king power. There will be goals in this game. I gotta love Leicester for this plus one sixty four on the money line. Bournemouth Aston Villa is another interesting one, but I want to talk about Man United Wolves because that to me is a more interesting game than might meet the eye. Because if there's any team that's going to challenge for to break into the top four, it's with, with a six. There's a six point gap between five, six, and seven. They're all on 34 points. 
Think about that. Man United, Tottenham, and Wolves are all on 34 points. They're all six points behind, breaking into those Champions League spots. United are on a two-game losing streak, having lost at home to Burnley, having lost away at Liverpool, and by the way, losing away at the Emirates. They did win a couple against Norwich and Burnley, the return leg, or the the leg at Turf Moor, because they, they actually lost the last game at Old Trafford. So United have Wolves. The winner of this game will decide, will, will leapfrog the other team in that race for the fourth spot. And I would suggest at Old Trafford, with a bunch of disgruntled fans walking out of the game in protest to the Glazers, with the recent memory of the balaclava-led invasion of Ed Woodward's home compound with flares and obscenities and threats, I think there's turmoil at Old Trafford right now. Look, the disgust with the United fans at that loss to Burnley, that you, you will almost never see Old Trafford empty before a game. It was basically empty eight minutes before the end of time. United are in turmoil. Wolverhampton Wanderers, despite having had a rocky set of results over the last five games. Remember, they lost to Liverpool, uh, they lost to Watford, and then they lost to Liverpool. <laughs> and they did have a draw in there against Newcastle. This Wolverhampton Wanderers team played Liverpool almost to a standstill at Molyneux. I mean, I thought they were terrific. I love this. but They're a great team, Wolves. Adama Traore, they've got um, um, uh, Raul Jimenez uh, the, I mean, up front. Great team. Love this team. One of my favorite teams in the Premier League. And I'll go through some of my favorite teams to watch in the Premier League. But but Wolves are uh, most certainly one of them. I think they go to Old Trafford and get a result. And I would take them on the money line at 247. I think they're going to leapfrog United. Now, look, I've told you not to bet Man United games. So I'm going to give you that same warning. Because it's kind of all over the place. You just don't know. But... I would suggest to you that Wolves on a roll right now, despite the loss to Liverpool, the way they played was fantastic. United losing two in a row. Disgruntled fans love to take a Wolves on that one. But let's get to uh, a bit more organized structure on our match prediction, shall we? Uh, Let's get to Bournemouth, Aston Villa up next. Uh, Villa, I, I like Villa on this one for me personally. I mean, Bournemouth did get back to a win in their last game. If you remember Eddie Howe leading the sack race, probably still is still leading the sack race, I would suggest that their victory over uh, Brighton saved his job at least for a few minutes. But my God, this team is bad. And I don't know why. Since the 9th of November, this team has won two games. In 12 matches... They've won two, drawn one, and lost nine. Think about that. That is absolutely horrible. So they get a win against uh, against Brighton. It was nice. They did score three goals. I had no one predicted that. In fact, I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game. But Aston Villa, on the other hand, kind of liked this team. They're in 16th spot. They've uh, had a couple of nice wins, a good home win at Villa Park against Watford. Before that, they had a draw against Brighton. They did lose 6-1 to City. Uh, But before then, they beat uh, Burnley. 
All right, listen, let's pick this up on the other side of the break. We're going through all the Premier League matches this weekend uh, live here. Fistry Soccer, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211, and a big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. All right, I'll be back with you after the break. Fistry Soccer is brought to you by MyBookie. If you enjoy football and you have a heartbeat, then you know what's coming, right? It's the Super Bowl. It's this Sunday. What happens if you want to make a bet on it? Well, I tell you what, head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. Whether you're choosing the winner or making a side bet with a friend, MyBookie offers you the most up-to-date odds and a site that makes extra cash, well, easy and fast. You can even visit mybookie.ag forward slash party to access a printable prop sheet for the big game. Football not your jam? Hey, don't worry about it. Uh, by the way, not really mine either. My But my bookie's got it all. From the NBA to the NFL to what is certainly my jam, the Premier League. And my bookie has all of the bets that you can make on the Premier League. Look, if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV. That's a promo code BLV. Use that to activate the offer. Once again, promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Play, win, get paid. That is right. The dead Kennedys. Please rock. Uh, we'll fade it before the rude bits come in. <laughs> so, uh, why not? You know. Uh, okay. Just seeing. Currently, no, no new news and transfer day deadline. Nothing's happened during the commercial de- deal except um, Celtic have confirmed that Lewis Morgan has signed for Inter Miami FC. So Celtic uh, um, uh, Inter Miami. David Beckham's team going to be going. Um, from Celtic to into Miami. Couple of moves in the uh couple of moves in the uh uh Scottish leagues and uh, Angelino's going from Man City to Red Bull Leipzig on loan. Nothing too exciting there. Um Yep, nothing pretty much. I'm sorry, this is like breaking as we do this, right? So I'm not seeing much of anything here. Uh Wigan defender Robinson's moving to AC Milan for uh, ten million pounds. Lampard saying Giroud's not leaving; he's staying. That just came out. There we go. We mentioned uh, uh, Arsenal signing Suarez from Southampton on loan. By the way, that is an interesting signing because there is a. By, by the way, uh, good, good signing. I really like Suarez. Good Suarez. He's a really good player. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but he was going to be lining up against Liverpool this weekend. So as a Liverpool supporter, well, that makes me happy. All right, well, let's get back to the matches. That was a brief rundown, the current movement in the transfer market, and we'll check back in a few minutes. We were talking Aston Villa, uh, Bournemouth, and I was saying I really like Villa for this one. And um, we talked about how Bournemouth got that sort of first win uh, against Brighton. But Villa... Uh, they won the they uh, beat Leicester for the Carabao Cup semi-final, and they are now on their way to the Carabao Cup. 
And look, Villa taken four points their last two games in the league. Uh, I, I like them for this game. And um, I mean, they're going to Wembley. How amazing is that for Villa fans? And are you telling me Aston Villa, who are going to Wembley to play in the Carabao Cup final, are going to find themselves in the relegation zone? I, I, they, no, they're going to win this game. I like Aston Villa for this. Plus a half, minus 133. You want to take that. All right, let's move on to the next game, shall we? Uh, we have Crystal Palace at she- Sheffield United. And Sheffield, you know, the Blades were doing really well earlier this season. Um but they've only won uh, one of their last five. I mean, it's their early season heroics that have really been, for them, uh, the lifesaver. Because they're still in eighth place. I mean, they're 33 points. Look, 40 points is safe. They're seven points from safety. They're 12, uh, uh, 14 games left. They've won one of their last five. It's been a bit awkward for them. They lost to City. Uh, they drew Arsenal. They lost to Liverpool. They lost to City again. But keep in mind, when you look at those, that list of, of, of losses, again, who were who the losses to? City, Liverpool, City, and the draw, Arsenal. Look, Sheffield United are not going to beat teams above them, but they are going to beat teams below them. And, and, and Crystal Palace have been pretty awful of late. They've been draw, they are draw specialists in the league. There's no doubt about that. But they did finally lose uh, a game. <laughs> they hadn't lost a game since um, just after Christmas. Uh, it took till the end of January, but they finally lost 2-0 uh, away at Selhurst Park to Crystal Palace. I don't like them for this game. I know this is at Selhurst Park. I think, uh, I think uh, Sheffield United will get the win here because uh, they are on a roll. I think they're a better team than their recent results would suggest. And I think they're looking for that 40 points. I like Sheffield, I like either a draw or Sheffield United for this one. Uh, so I would take Sheffield United as a pick if you can find them because then it's a push if they get the draw. So that's what I would take if I'm betting this one. Uh, Liverpool, Southampton. And uh, unfortunately for Southampton, they've been on, uh, I'll put it to you this way, they were horrible earlier on in the season. Do you remember this? I mean, Ralph Hasenhutl was like, you know, he was the next on the sack race. beginning of November, they were 19th in the table. They'd won two games in 12. But they kept faith with Hasenhutl, and he's ri- they've risen from the bottom, and they're all the way up right now to ninth place after that big away win at Crystal Palace. But unfortunately for Southampton, uh, they get to go to Anfield and play the best team on the planet. They get to play Liverpool. They don't have Suarez with them anymore. Liverpool on a roll. Players are having a nice break after this game. I cannot see Liverpool losing this game, whether it's a thumping or whether it's a one or a 2-0. Look, I thought, you know, that West Ham game Liverpool played midweek, it was not, I mean, they, yeah, they won 2-0, but they squandered a lot of chances. And there were times West Ham had a fair boatload of opportunities. They can kick themselves for not taking them. We will have to see. But Liverpool are for sure going to win this game. I'm just moving up the next one here so I can give you the next one because we don't need to belabor that game. That's going to be kind of obvious. And if they beat Liverpool, be the shock of the century. Okay, I say that and they probably will. Newcastle-Norwich. 
Uh, Newcastle, you know, they couldn't get past Oxford in the FA Cup. Uh, but they do manage to squeeze by some really important goals and results in the league when they need to. Uh, they did that against Chelsea. They did it against Everton. Um, and um, uh, the, re- the return leg at Carroll Road, if you remember, Norwich beat, Ma- beat Newcastle. But that was kind of when Newcastle were in some really, really rocky form. I like the way Newcastle play. They squeeze the, they, they squeeze down the pitch. And really, for, for Norwich, it's all about Timu Puki. I don't see him getting enough service. I don't see him getting enough time on the ball. I think this, for me, is a 2-0 win for Newcastle United. Uh, let's go to Watford Everton on this one. And, uh, you know, they were unbeaten under Nigel Pearson since he came in. And, uh, I mean, Watford really uh, have been on a roll. Unfortunately, that role ended, and it ended thanks to Everton. And Watford now kind of in trouble in that relegation zone. But keep in mind, as I mentioned, Brighton in 15th spot with 25 points, uh, Watford in 19th spot with 23 points. I mean, one win is going to make the difference, all the difference you need here. And pardon me, it was a loss against Aston Villa, not a loss against Everton. They're playing Everton. Everton, on the other hand, uh, have had a kind of kind of a, a rocky road. Uh, 2-2 with Newcastle, the 1-1 with Wool, uh, with West Ham. Uh, yeah, they got 1-0 win over Brighton, and they got a 2-1 win over Newcastle earlier back in December uh, at St. James's Park. So, uh, you know, it's difficult to f- know quite what to make of this game. Uh, I like Steve Bruce's... Uh, pardon me. I like... Um, Ancelotti, I think he's a good manager, but I, I, I'm going to tell you, I think this is a one-one draw. That's that's my my prediction on this game, uh, because I just don't think they can see teams out all the way. So I, I like this one-one-one. The next one is West Ham, uh, Brighton. These are two teams that are sort of underperforming. It's a big game. Both these guys are just above the relegation zone. Um, and as I mentioned before, against Liverpool, I thought West Ham played okay. They just squandered a bunch of chances. They didn't finish. They're just lacking that extra bit of quality that they need. And Brighton, uh, you know, Brighton play well, but they just don't do much. I, I don't know if there's a better way to put it than that, really. They've been a horrible run of results. One win in the last five. Their losses have come to Bournemouth, Everton. Their draws have come to Chelsea and Villa, and that one win that they had was the return leg, was the home leg against Bournemouth, who basically everybody's beating. I'm not convinced with this Brighton team. I think this West Ham team under David under David Moyes pulls it out and gets a win here. That's my take on it. And they will leapfrog Brighton and push Brighton down into 16th or 17th spot. Because I think Aston Villa are going to win as well. So that'll put Villa at 28, and that'll put uh, West Ham at 26, and that'll put Brighton at 25, and that's how I see it. And you know what I'm seeing there, guys? I am seeing slowly and surely, inexorably, the promoted teams, Norwich, Bournemouth, sorry, not Bournemouth, excuse me, Norwich and Brighton finding their way back down to the championship. I would not be surprised to see it. Uh, The one promoted team that's going to be staying up, of course, is Sheffield United. 
because they've had an absolute masterful run. Oh, I'm running out of time, so I'm just talking too much. So let's jam through the rest of these games. I'm going to say 1-0 for West Ham on this. United Wolves, I'm pricking Wolves to win this, 2-1. Sunday's matches, we have Arsenal uh, going to Turf Moor to play Burnley. And um, Arsenal just awful. Aubameyang wants to leave. This team has no spine, no soul, no guts, no defense. And... um, you know, with Aubameyang being unsettled, and I don't even know if he can play. Is this his third match ban uh, because of the red card? I think I think it's a loss. I actually think Burnley win this one. I'm going to say 1-0. Uh, Tottenham, Man City, big game here for both. Uh, Guardiola has the Champions League coming up uh, at the end of February against Madrid. But on the other hand, they're going to want to continue to push the league, even though they say and they know they can't win it. But I think City need this game. Um, and as for Spurs, I, I, yes, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Look, City are going to win this at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I'm going to say uh, that is a 2 nil victory that's a roundup of all the games let's quickly take a run through and see if there's any brand new transfer news nothing new again the big news angelino joining leipzig on loan from city uh Giroux is staying at chelsea according to lampard uh sheffield united united uh, sign zivkovic on loan uh, robinson sets to move from wigan to ac milan Ma- uh, Wolves bring in Rochdale defender Matheson for a million pounds, and uh, that's been about it. And, of course, we have uh, that kid moving from Celtic to Inter-Miami uh, FC. All right, I've got to go to break. I'll be right back to wrap it up here on Fistry Soccer, Sports Byline uh, Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211. Nick Eber with you. Stay with me. I'll be right back after the break. The big game. You know what I'm talking about, right? Come on, you know what I mean. Leicester City, Chelsea. The big game this weekend. The big game. Man United, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Those are the big games this weekend for me. And Tottenham Man City. Those are three games you will not want to miss this weekend if you love the Premier League. Plus, keep your eye out. Aston Villa, Bournemouth, and West Ham, Brighton. These are the games with the most import in the league. This affects the Champions League spots. This affects the relegation battle. There are six games for you out of ten that have massive import, and we are only 14 match weeks left in the season. This is the beauty of relegation, of promotion, of the Champions League spots and of the Champions League spots. This is what you don't get in a closed league system. In a closed league system, who would give a rat's behind about Bournemouth with 14 games left in the season? Hey, man, they're not making the playoffs. This is why we need an open system. This is why we need promotion and relegation. That is, this is why this is the best, most compelling reality show on the face of the planet talking about the Premier League, of course, and this is why we need it here in our domestic game in the United States. But that, my friends, is a topic for another time. All right, that is going to wrap it for me. 
Enjoy these massive Premier League games and uh, this small game called the Super Bowl. Hope you enjoy that one too. I'll be back on the air with you on Monday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. That's Monday through Friday, live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Be sure to tune in. Make me a regular part of your week. Have a wonderful weekend. Drink a lot. Have fun. Do not drink and drive. Please. I want you back listening on Monday. I don't need you in a casket. All right, have fun. Have fun responsibly. And I'll speak to you on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.